0: work less, and earn more. You've already earned it. Let's make it happen. Welcome to the Celebrate Brave podcast, the podcast for women in and around the tech industry. Every week, we dive into the conversations, frameworks, and best practices to help you stress less, work less, and earn a lot more. My name is Nicole Church-Steinbach, your host and the International Bravery Coach for Women in Tech. Let's go. Hello and welcome to this episode of the Celebrate Brave podcast. I have got a special, super duper treat for us today. My guest is Jen Beeson. Now we've known each other for almost a decade at this point. We have gone through all kinds of fun phases together. We were colleagues, change makers, became friends. Then we moved to the same city, which is so wild, so wild. And then Jen actually entrusted me to coach her. And when she said she wanted me to coach her, I actually cried. It was super awkward. But she loves me (laughs) anyways. Hi, Jen. Hey (laughs) yo. Can I with an intro like that?
1: (laughs) I am so excited to be here after, you know, this is an actual time where I get to say longtime listener first time participant
0: (laughs) loving this I still remember when you gave me notes on some of the early episodes you're like so I think these parts are really good
1: and (laughs) and is the key word there's never a but (laughs) there's always an and
0: that is so true that's so true so, what else do you want to share about yourself? Because you are so multidimensional. You know, it's
1: it's funny. I um we spent a lot of time at work, and I know that's where you and I initially got to know each other. But if there is one thing that life has taught hopefully most of us in the past couple of years, life is so much more than work, and you have to look for the bright spots. And for me, that is spending time with my dog and my husband you'll often find me hanging out um on the waterways watching her swim um hiking listening to great music i'm heading to red rocks tonight to go see big wild i'm so excited nice. you know it's just uh, it's so important to to get out there and experience life cuz you don't know um you don't know what life has in store so I would say that's me in a nutshell. Yes, I can't wait to tell you a little bit more about what I do, but really what I do is to try to take life by the horns and um, and experience all that it has to offer.
0: Yeah, Yeah, and I love how, I'm just going to confirm because not everyone gets to know you for almost a decade, <laughs> you really do show up that way. Right, I still remember the first time you came to my house in Denver, and my daughter had a princess tent, and you. I think I was invited in. Tent. You were invited in, um, listeners. I was not invited in. I was specifically <laughs> told not to go in, but Jen was allowed to go in. It's it's and all about did. the red lipstick. It's the
1: <laughs> it's it's. I think Matilda was like, "Hey, look look at those bold
0: lips," and she. She saw something and... (laughs) (laughs) She actually is an excellent judge of character. Excellent judge of character. My son is an excellent judge of situations. Very, very good. But Matilda is our... If she doesn't like someone, they're dead to us. Gone. (laughs) But she likes you. So you live on. That means a lot. That means a lot. (laughs) So... So I know you have like a hundred bajillion brave stories from your life, from your career, from the crazy work that I got to support you in doing. But which one do you want to share with us today?
1: I want to share how I got into my role in corporate social responsibility.
0: Ah, You know, it's something
1: people ask me all the time and they say, I want a job in social impact. And how do I get that job? And in in all honesty, it was a pretty scary. Scary, that's that's a that's a harsh word. It was a rough path. (laughs) Perhaps that's a better word for it.
0: So before you dive in, corporate social responsibility, social impact, what are they? In my words,
1: corporate social responsibility is about a company's effort to do business within the context of the world that we live in. And this is about ensuring that companies can focus, yes, on profit, but also on people and planet. If you are not living in a healthy world with healthy people, educated people, um, communities and people that are thriving, how are you going to sell your goods and services out there in the market? And often companies have corporate social responsibility departments, not just because it's the right thing to do, which it is, mm-hmm. but because it's also really beneficial to them. It's beneficial to every part of their business, from their innovation strategy to their people retention and growth strategy. Um, and and again, just, in terms of, of profit maximization, you can only do business within the context of the world that you live in. And it's important to invest in that world. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Beautifully said. Beautiful. I would have said something like they use money to do good things, not bad things. So way more beautifully said. (laughs) No, And it's so funny. I hear the phrase all the time, which it,
1: sort of uh, is a little bit like nails on a chalkboard for me when people say, do well by doing good. Mm. And for me, that that doesn't cut it. It's not about, quote unquote, doing good. It's Mm. about impact maximization. It's about investing in your people, investing in your business, investing in the communities where you and your customers and your stakeholders live, work, and play. And and that is so much more than doing good.
0: Yes. Agreed. Agreed. Thank you. Thank you. Can you tell I'm passionate? (laughs) Yes, I can. And I'm here for it all the way home. So the pathway that brought you to this role? Is a unique one. And it's one...
1: That every time, and, and Nicole, you and I have had number of times where we have exchanged contacts and colleagues in both directions, right? I've sent you <laughs> potential clients. You've sent folks to me that are interested in my line of work. And the number one piece of advice I tell them, which is the piece of advice I was given, is go learn your business. You can't Ooh. engage. Oh, you're pausing. Ooh, you.
0: I like this
1: go learn the business. You can't understand the opportunity to create impact, especially social impact or environmental impact within the context of your business if you don't understand how it runs. If you don't understand where the opportunities and the pain points and the areas of growth and what is the strategy for the next 10 years, if you don't understand that, You will not be effective as a strategic corporate social responsibility leader. When I was 23, I joined SAP and I was sitting in a cube in downtown Chicago in one of those sky rises. And I heard this woman talking on the phone. I was like, who is that? What does she do for our company? And I, I just, yeah, I, I I was eavesdropping. I've let her know that now. <laughs> it's a true story, but I was I was mesmerized by the topics that she was talking about. I was in the marketing department, but I was hearing her talk about things like volunteering and nonprofits and lives impacted. I was like, what does she do? And when she got off the phone, I went over and introduced myself. Didn't quite say that I had been eavesdropping at that point. Now she knows, <laughs> and she said I lead corporate social responsibility for the company, and that was the first time I had ever heard the term. I knew I could go work for a nonprofit out of college, but I I never knew that corporations invested in people and planet. I didn't know, and I guess back in back in those days. Uh, Perhaps it was a little bit more unique. Now, not so much. Mm
0: -hmm. And
1: she said to me, listen, there are very few jobs in this space. If you want to find your way into this space, you need to understand what matters to our customers, what matters to our business. You need to get as close to the customers you can get. And once you understand that, follow your passion for purpose, and it will lead you into a corporate social responsibility role. And that is exactly what I did and i i would knock on the doors of the account executives in our in our office and say i want you to come volunteer with me and i want you to do all of these things and here i was a young 20 something girl with so much gusto for for what was <laughs> happening in downtown chicago you know to paint a picture of of what chicago was like at the time actually it's not it's not much different today there was um complete squirrel sidebar, there was a horrific mass shooting in Chicago over the Fourth of July. Yeah. And it was in the suburbs. And you heard all about it on the news. You know, there were so many people injured and and killed and murdered in that in that horrific incident. And yet the news reporters never talked about that that same night, that same weekend, in downtown Chicago, in the black and brown neighborhoods, in the underserved parts of that city, close to 100 people were shot and murdered. And you never heard about it. You only ever heard what happened in the affluent white neighborhood. And the same thing was happening when I lived in downtown Chicago. And our company allowed me to get involved in, just as a a marketing leader, we got, I got to get involved in the local schools and volunteer and bring our technology and opportunity into those schools. Mm. And it really mattered to me. And I brought our sales leaders in. I brought our president in. I brought our chief operating officer in and I didn't stop because it mattered to me so much. And one day I got a phone call. And it was our head of, uh, or I guess the deputy to our head of communications at the company. And she said, "Jen, are you still interested in corporate social responsibility? I see that you've, I see that you've continued your work, but now you're running one of the largest marketing regions at the company in North America. You have a team below, you know, beneath you that you work alongside. You've run some of the largest strategic competes against." some of our biggest competitors, you know what our company needs. Can you mm. can you take that knowledge and invest it in our vision
0: and purpose? And I said, yes. Was that hard for you, Jen? So I hear you on like the purpose and and thank you so much for mentioning that our black and brown brothers and sisters are even more impacted by gun violence in the United States than we are as white women. So I, I really, really honor that. And I think everybody knows, but just in case not, like this is an area where I'm an activist, where I get really involved. So it means so much to me that you would bring that here. And was it hard for you to say yes? Because you were you were climbing the ladder. I was climbing the ladder. Yeah, you had people, you had budget, big budget. I'm mean, a marketing budget. I had a, big, I had a big budget. <laughs> I had, yeah.
1: um, it's funny, my first, and I guess by the time I was running a team, I had a smaller budget, but my first budget in, in technology was close to a million dollars. And I was like, Whoa, yeah. anyone know how <laughs> old I am?
0: <laughs> you know? and Yeah. Yeah. Cause then you, you were offered this position that is, you know, what matters to you, your passion. So, But it's removing all of those, quote unquote, status flags. Right? That's just it. That's
1: what makes this my brave story. Taking this leap from marketing leadership into corporate affairs, and then which ultimately led into to my current role in corporate social responsibility, meant taking a step, a quote unquote, step back in my career. I would no longer have a team. I was no longer um, up for strategic opportunities for promotion, especially from a financial perspective, right? I was leaving the customer area of our organization. I was moving further away from the customer and moving further away from what many would call the traditional path for success into what I really wanted to do, and. The way it was pitched to me was, oh, this is such a strategic move. And we are pulling the most strategic people that have expertise in each of these four areas of our business. Mine happened to be purpose. I had another colleague who was taking a similar role for innovation. One was taking a role around people development. We all had different spaces. And they plucked us out across, you know, out of 100,000 people, the four of us were plucked out to go take this chance, we had no idea if this was going to pay off. And I thought, though, if, if there is a shot that I can take, if I'm going to get into a job in something that matters, this is my shot. And I remember calling my boss at the time and telling her I had been approached for this job. And she, she knew that this was something I really, really wanted to do. And I remember her I remember her having a conversation with me and and talking through all of these very rational ideas, right? Are you sure you want to step out of this path this this progression trajectory? Are you sure you want to leave the president's office? are you sure right? are you sure you want to leave all these things and go down this path? But for my entire career, I have always known that working in social impact is what I was meant to do and um i would I would be lying to you if I said that yes, there are elements of working with the customers that I miss, <laughs> right um there are definitely those elements, but what I would say is I have been more successful in my job because I understood how our business worked and I understood how to connect our our pursuit of profit with our pursuit of purpose yeah.
0: Wow. How I'm fascinated. So you reached out. Girl, I've known you for forever. I've never heard this story before. <laughs> Love it. So you reached out to your current manager who mm-hmm. this would impact. Uh-huh. You were so clear about what was important to you to the point where you had baked it into your marketing role anyways. Baked it in anyways. How Yeah. How else did you support yourself through this decision? I mean, yeah, you stepped off of all traditional things to take a risk. And I think that's what a lot of people, including myself until I was the one plucked up as well for that one transformation project. I always thought, oh, if you get plucked up, it's a sure thing. No, a lot of the times when someone is plucked, it's like, we don't know which way this is going to go. Let's see. So how did you support yourself?
1: So the really interesting thing was, in fact, um, that role failed and my job was eliminated. Not only my job was eliminated, the other three folks that were also plucked up for that particular job was eliminated because the the big boss at the time, the head of corporate affairs at our company, left. And this was her passion project. And when she left, the support for her passion project went too.
0: I had no idea we had this in common, Jen. I had no idea we had this in common. We have this in common. Different leaders Passion projects, plucked up, risk, they leave, boom. I had no idea. Yeah.
1: And I would say one of the lessons that I learned through this, and and you and I at the time were working very close together when when all of this was happening on it from a business perspective. The only reason, I I believe that I ended up landing on my feet in the position that I wanted was because I was never shy about what I wanted. Everyone knew that no matter, it didn't matter the current role that I had, right? Whether I was a marketing manager or at that time I was in corporate affairs focused on our purpose, everyone knew I wanted to be in corporate social responsibility. I wanted to to from from my development plan, that's where I was going to go. And whether it was at SAP or it was some other company, that was my path. And so when, when this position was eliminated, the current manager of the corporate social responsibility team raised her hand and said, I'd love to take her. I would love to have her join my team. And she proactively reached out and was able to secure a smooth transition, which never happens because they never have headcount in this space for me to join the team. and it was because of you know, I never gave up on on what I wanted. I was very vocal, I documented it in my development plan and and for those that know me, like I'm not a great documenter like. like <laughs> a lot of big ideas. I got, you know, I have a lot of, a lot of excitement. Um, it doesn't always manifest itself into, you know, the details, <laughs> but this was one thing I was sure about and, yeah, and, um,
0: and that persistence paid off. Wow. And, and you have always delivered high quality. Always. You have always brought energy into every room you come into. You have always created connections that weren't there before. All of it. I try. Um, I For me, it's funny. I am a
1: natural dot connector. I love getting to know people and what what their thing is. For me, it's social impact. That is not everyone's thing and nor should it be. But what I love is finding out what is that person's thing or where are they struggling? And I love to bring people together. Nothing makes me happier than than bringing together, you know, those who who can really benefit Mm -hmm. each other. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: I don't know. It's a it's it's like it's money in the karma bank. I don't I don't know another way to I just I want (laughs) to keep Okay, it was a terrible analogy,
0: but I think you're with me. (laughs) <laughs> Actually, I talk about the value bank. Yeah, like if you want something out of the value bank, if it's your friendship bank, if it's your marriage bank, if you're it's your parent, you gotta you got it's like a four. Yeah, you gotta pay in first, and then you can think about having dividends down the road. But first, you pay in, right? Yeah, to be able to withdraw anything. So you were super clear. You followed your passion. You took a major risk. You delivered excellent work. And and
1: even within that, you know, once I got in the team, you know, you're low man on the totem pole when you start something new. It didn't matter that I had been working for a decade at our business. Mm -hmm. It it mattered that I needed to learn an entirely new skill set. I knew how to be a volunteer. I knew how to organize people. I knew how to communicate. I didn't know, no, no, the world of social impact. I didn't know SAP's corporate social responsibility strategy or our customers or our partners. I thought I knew, right? But it's it's starting all over again, and that was also a very humbling experience. And I, from the very beginning, again with my manager, I said, I want to understand this. I want to learn this. I don't just want to be your marketer, your communicator, your I want to, I want to be a practitioner and I want to go deep. And one mm. step at a time, she had faith in me. And now I lead, as, you know, I lead a social entrepreneurship portfolio for a multi-billion dollar software company and do everything from investing in young social entrepreneurs to transforming our own supply chain. And I'm, I'm really, I'm learning. I'm still learning every single day. I'm every, you know, I'm, and I, it changes every day, right? Our world is in utter chaos. My work is never done. Our work is never done.
0: <laughs> so social entrepreneur, I did not know what that was until you welcomed me into the world and you brought me to the Changemakers makers.
1: You are, you are sort of a social entrepreneur. I I am. I am.
0: I own it. Yes. Learn
1: straight. Okay. So a social entrepreneur is think of a, of an entrepreneur. So someone who goes out and starts their own endeavor, but as a core tenant to that strategy is reinvesting back into economic equity social impact, or environmental sustainability, or all of the above. As in Nicole's case, the cool thing about working with you (laughs) is that you really invest in all of those things.
0: Yeah. Yes, I do.
1: And one of my favorite stories about your daughter, which I absolutely love, which I would love to share if that's okay.
0: Please do. Is
1: I remember one day we were having a coaching session. We were going for a walk and you taught me No, mow, may, which (laughs) now is not, it's not like a, it's not a social impact program. It's just, you don't mow your lawns in the month of May to support the pollinators in your community. And we all love bees and we love our flowers and we love our food. And so no, mow, may, you learn something new every day.
0: (laughs) Exactly. No, mow, may, and... I remember that conversation and you said, you had asked me some sort of question because the house that we had bought had been just treated with so many chemicals. It was just such, it was just dead earth. It was not living earth. And you had said something about the wasps or the bees or something. I said, oh, it's going to take a couple of years. And I remember you looking at me like, are you for real? Are you for real? I'm like, yeah, it's going to take three it took so we're we're moving out now um but we got our first and inse- insects last year and we have our first earthworms and insects and birds magpies this this spring oh those years. magpies they are they are tough cookies
1: yeah, you know i agree so that and that is a is so just to give you an idea of what a social entrepreneur would do in this situation they would see the barren earth and they would say mm-hmm. I'm going to come up with an innovative way to fix that and whoever the genius was that started the marketing campaign of No Mo May like <laughs> right, it may not be a product or a, or or a service that they're selling but they're selling an idea they're selling a change to people's behavior, to do something different, to have a better outcome for all of us. And yeah. I just, I want to encourage those ideas inside of my company, outside of my company, in my neighborhood, within my friend group. I, I want all of us to embrace the spirit of the social entrepreneur, myself included.
0: Yeah, this concept of social entrepreneurship, um, so I chose my CRM in large part because it is focused on coaches and consultants, yes. but also it's owned by a married couple who are mixed race and claim it and make a point to, to truly, and you can look at the statistics, you can see that Deb Savo has You know, a certain percentage of people who are a religious minority, they have a gender mix and they put it out there. It's not like this nice thing about being diverse and having obviously posed pictures. They're truly investing. And then when they have sales or they have certain things, it goes right into a specific part of their ecosystem that trains and educates and elevates people. And before I had been exposed through you to this concept, I wouldn't have even considered that. Although I consider myself an activist, I I yearn to be ever more into racist. I've done all that thing, but I would have never thought to say to my plumber, before you come over, just wondering, (laughs) are trans people people? Like this is actual awkward conversation I have. But also like, where do you guys invest? Yes. Right? And then, oh, awesome. Please come plumb my house. <laughs> it's very powerful. You you
1: make such an incredible point, and one that I think is largely untapped, that we can we can make change by shifting the way that we spend. This isn't just something Oh, say more. Before. Okay. So consider for a moment. That companies, let's just start with companies. Companies spend more than a trillion dollars out of the ecosystem. Everything from buying pencils to paying salaries to purchasing coffee that you know that is in the canteens of the offices where we where we work. There is approximately, and again, don't I know I know this is being recorded. I should have all the numbers down, but you know what? Let's talk directionally correct for a second.
0: Let's do that. Let's do yeah, right. let's do directionally correct, please. Go directionally correct.
1: <laughs> Governments spend hundreds of billions of dollars on global development. So hundreds of billions of dollars focused on alleviating poverty, hunger, education, right? You name it, all the 17 Sustainable Development Goals versus trillions being spent within corporate procurement. Imagine if companies could shift just a small percentage of that spend to organizations that are reinvesting into poverty alleviation, into hunger, into economic equity, into gender equality. We would continue to support and grow those hundreds of billions of dollars that are being paid out by governments and institutions. We could accelerate that growth and that change. But it's not about the dollars. It comes down to people. It's people who are making those purchasing decisions. It's people like you and me that if they just knew that by investing in companies where they could get a quality service like a quality CRM service that also then take that that profit and reinvest it back into measurements of equality or opportunity you're moving the needle in a way that philanthropy could never do it in a way that traditional corporate social responsibility as is, is maybe we've known it in the past could never do it. And the growth in procurement is only, is only increasing, right? Our, our dollars and cents, yes, there may be cost savings, but we're not asking companies to spend more money. We're just asking companies, just, just consider shifting a percentage of your spend. And so part of what I do in my day job, but also just in life, is try to help people understand that if you care about something, don't just volunteer, don't in just inform yourself, but also consider how you can you know, vote with your wallet, invest in things that matter to you, and still get the things that you really need.
0: I have never closed that circle before, Jen. That is, I mean, wow. So our family buys a lot of books and we only buy from the bookstore.org, I think is what it's called, or bookshop.org that supports independent stores. And we did not go to any, I'm from Ohio, which is the headquarters of Kroger. I've seen what Kroger used to do and create and I couldn't shop at any of their stores until, um, in the middle of the pandemic, they did this massive turnaround, massive, right? Um, and I've never put all of those pieces together, that it's also the corporations who can make that move, that shift. Cause I'm not perfect. Y'all I have an Amazon prime account. I just added myself a hundred percent. Right we get things delivered, we fly like all the things. It's not about perfection, it's about the shift. I've never closed that circle in my head. I'm so grateful.
1: And to give to give specifics, right? Because I should I should give you specifics. There are more than 6,000 corporations on record, and I'm sure there's much more than that. But 6,000 that have documented environmental social governance goals, that have committed to say, I care about wow. profit, people, planet. Okay. And only a very small percentage of those have documented supplier diversity plans or you know, are committed to improving human rights through their supply chains. So just imagine if... Every one of those 6,000 just has a small percentage, just it doesn't even have to be the whole thing, but can shift just a small percentage of spend. We could shift trillions, literally trillions into development of, of achieving our United Nations Sustainable Development Goals, of, of achieving equality and opportunity and, and a better world for us all to live in which goes back to the, to the original statement, can only do business in the context of the world that you live in. And especially in today's economy, budgets are not growing. So you have to think creatively about ways to change the way you work and invest in the things that really matter.
0: Wow, 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 wow. You have given me a lot to think about. I'm going to have a million questions off the record later. Ah, so you have obviously just role modeled for me some bravery. You've challenged me. You've pushed me just in this conversation to think in a slightly different way, to think about the impact that a company can make, but also I can make. You can make. Right now, I'm already thinking like, cause I love when, when women have money, they're 70% more likely to invest in their local communities women and children and climate projects, right? And so, and I see it with my own clients when they're suddenly not struggling anymore, they're thriving or they're thriving even more. They tend to then become more active in their local community. They have less concerns, et cetera, less stress. So I always say stress less, work less, earn more. It's this magical thing that happens. (laughs) And you now having role modeled that, who was someone that role modeled for you? Who's a brave role model you want to share with us? Okay. I want to share a role model,
1: but can I offer one more fact? Yes. Because yes. this, is, this, is this, is, this is one that's going to maybe seal the deal and blow your mind at the same time. Oh, there are approximately the same percentage of female suppliers in the world as there are male-owned suppliers. What percentage of corporate contracts do you think female suppliers, female-owned businesses, what percentage do you think they secure?
0: So I'm going to out myself as the pessimist that no one believes I am, 7%. 1%. 1%. Per- I'm an optimist at 7%. 1%.
1: Shit. I, I 1%. learned that statistic from um from an organization called We Connect that looks to help integrate women-owned businesses into corporate supply chains. And when they shared that with me, I I almost fell off my stool. I couldn't believe how could that be? How could that be? And then it takes me to a place of of this like this brave and I'm going to get I'll answer your question, I promise. But the individuals to me, those that to me are this role model of brave, the people who inspire me are the people that I continue to meet every day that say that's not good enough and that they decide they're going to make a change. And they don't have to be the chief procurement officer. They don't have to be a manager with lots of people underneath them and a huge budget. It's about making small shifts every single day to invest in the things that matter to you. Just like where you buy your books or who you decide to give your money to as a software provider. You align your decisions with people who share your values. And for me, that is, you know, that is so apparent. I meet individuals every single day that are creating movements at their companies because they have decided to stand up against the status quo and say, I'm not going to continue to buy services from this marketing vendor because we've always had services from this marketing vendor. Instead, I'm going to give my budget to, I'll give you an example. There is um, a marketing services company based out of New York, Paris, and Bali called Make a Change World. It's three siblings. These three siblings have said there has got to be um, a, a shift in oceans plastic. There's got to be more investment in climate action. They are incredibly talented video creators, and they use the profit from their video services to actually clean up rivers around the world, to clean up the oceans around the world. You can follow. Their adventures are absolutely incredible. They have run across the United States in the name of ocean plastic. They have cleaned up the most polluted river in Bali. They are incredible. Oh my God. But now we give what money. What was their name again? Make a change.world. Make a change world. Wow. So they're, you know we don't have to go to the tried and true trusted vendor who's done business with us for 20 years. We can take a chance on someone who's doing things differently. And so it's those people that inspire me. Those are the, and and I know that I could give you a list of a hundred names, but I just want, I want to encourage everyone that they can have this story too. This isn't about being in a corporate social responsibility role. This is about finding the thing that matters to
0: you and aligning your decisions to it. Wow. Listeners, (laughs) this is why you need the promotion. This is why you need the money. This is why you need the confidence and the calm in your voice. Jen just laid out to us how we can shift and dramatically change the world. This is why. Hell fucking yes. She's going to be way more professional than me. (laughs) That's not true. That's not true. No, that was, that was just, I just,
1: I had to take a a quick detour back because it's just so important.
0: Yes. And Hey, and everybody later on this season, we talk about using your voice and crucial conversations and Jen, you just role modeled it like a freaking boss. Thank you for asking me that question. I'm going to tell you even more about why this matters.
1: Beautiful. Tell him. It's tell him again. Beautiful. And then tell him what you told him, Nicole.
0: Tell him what you told him. Oh, my gosh. I love it. I love it. I love it. Okay. So someone. Oh. Pray- <sighs> yes. Okay. Yes. Okay.
1: So I have the distinct pleasure in my life and in my role in Corporate Social Responsibility to be surrounded by incredible young social entrepreneurs. Mm-hmm. There are 1.2 billion young people in the world. And yes, we hear a lot about Simone and we hear about Greta and and we hear about these you know these big bold leaders, right? But we go to the same two or three. I am here to tell you that no matter the community you live in, no matter the country you live in, the neighborhood that you live in, there are incredible young people who have said, I'm not okay with the way our world is working. I'm not okay with what the adults are doing today. I'm going to change the way the world works. And one of the young women that I would love to share with you, her name is Tenzila Khan. Uh, she's originally from Pakistan. She goes by Tansy. I call her Tansy. Now, Tansy and I, we've actually never met in person. We've only ever met on the phone and on, on Zoom calls. Recently, she was awarded the first ever Prince's Trust Award, the Amal Clooney Award, for an
0: out-
1: I know. Can you imagine receiving an award named after Mal Clooney? An award that celebrates a young leader who is outstanding in their, in their action. She has an organization called Girly Things that focuses on um, period equity, so on, on menstrual equity for young women across Pakistan. And why I share her story with you, her brave story, is actually not because of the work that she does. But that's incredible. I mean, it is, that that deserves a butt. Her work is incredible. Check her out. Check her team out. They are awesome. She's incredible. Follow her on LinkedIn. She, um, I was introduced to her through a colleague of mine who runs our programs in the Middle East and Northern Africa. And I said to my colleague, Batool, I said, Batool, I want to meet, I want to hear from someone who you've met who knocks your socks off, who's just the most inspiring of the inspiring. And she said, Jen, you need to meet Tansy. And I get on the phone with Tansy because what I was looking for is I was looking for a speaker. I was looking for a speaker to inspire others. And I was holding a conference and I needed someone who was out there, who was going to, you know, be the Ted talk of the Ted talk, but on a CSR budget, corporate social responsibility budgets are notoriously yeah. I had no money. And I got on the phone with Tansy and, and we were talking and she was sharing her story with me. And she said, what are you going to pay me?
0: Yeah, exactly. Well done Tansy. And
1: I said, Oh, like I was, I was fully taken aback. I hadn't thought about budget. I hadn't allocated budget. And she said, Jen, I want to tell you something. I am asking you this because I deserve it. Because the amount of money, that, or the amount of time that you are going to ask of me is time that I am taking away from girly things. It is time that is taking away from the things that matter to me, to my business. I am a small business owner. And you are asking me to step away and I want to do the best job for you. So what are you going to pay me? Yes. And I, I, I have to admit I was um, like, I, I was speechless. I didn't, I didn't have, I didn't have a response because like, my history was, I came from the customer world, right? I would go ask customers to talk for me all the time, but these mm-hmm. were customers. These were Coca-Cola and, Yep. You know, yep. large, large corporations.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: It wasn't actually Coca-Cola. I just used that because I'm I'm, you know, it's a great example <laughs> sitting in front of me, but but think large corporations, right? That were all yes. receiving a salary. And here right, was a young exactly. woman, self-made, yeah. and I was asking her to give up time from her business to come support, yes, support a social impact effort, but still to the detriment of her business. Yeah.
0: For a billion-dollar company. For a billion-dollar company. Yes. Yes. Yeah. So as a fellow white woman privileged, I did lots and lots of free speaking for profit and nonprofit. I didn't think about that either until it was pointed out to me with this gorgeous phrase that I'm probably going to get wrong, but we'll just run with it. The statement that I got from a change maker here in Denver, Colorado was I am not available for unpaid labor to help you make money. Ooh. Blew me away because she was right. Absolutely. She's right. Elizabeth Epps, you freaking rock. <laughs> yeah. Role model to this day powerful powerful and what an amazing moment of bravery for her too and her clarity and her accountability to herself but also to the change that she's making in the world because it's so easy to fall into oh but but this group you know i went to your the change makers conference for the young social entrepreneurs and was like oh this is amazing, all the opportunities to get involved and make a difference and all the beautiful things. But she held herself accountable to herself and to her people and her goals. That's right. It's really amazing.
1: And unfortunately, most young social entrepreneurs don't have the experience that she has gone through and and may not have the words that she shared with me and most to the detriment of their health their well-being their financial well-being focus on climate action and equality and all of the things that i work for to the detriment of themselves right they do this and they don't ask because they don't know that they can and so when Tansy and I had this conversation, I went back to my boss and we had a long conversation about it. And we said, we have to set up a fund. We need to set up a a speaker's fund for moments just like this, when we want to hear their voice, when we want to give them a room of decision makers, when we want to put them in front of um, incredible people that we, you know, the dots that we want to connect And so we worked together with an organization called We Are Family Foundation. Are you going to sing it? Are you going to sing it? (laughs) We are family. Uh, 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 uh. That's what I'm talking about. (laughs) And we worked alongside their executive director, Jess Teutonico, and we set up a fund called Youth to the Table. And Youth to Mm -hmm. the Table was all about ensuring that we were gonna bring young people in the room. We were gonna ensure that we were paying them to be in the room. We were gonna ensure their voices were heard. We were going to ensure that we were role modeling to other companies, especially other companies and their corporate social responsibility departments. You can't Mm -hmm. save the future without the future in the room. You can't change the future without having the future in the room with you. Here we are a bunch of adults thinking, hey, we've got it all figured out. We don't have it figured out.
0: It's no. social
1: entrepreneurs that are out there every day living these experiences. It's young leaders like Tansy who are saying, enough. And this is what we stand for. And here's what we need to be successful.
0: Incredible, John. That's right. That's right. Titling this episode is going to be, I think, the hardest one I've ever had to title. Well,
1: we've kind of gone a lot of places. I think directionally correct.
0: Directionally correct. Um, okay. Yeah. So agreed. Thought we were going to go to Idaho Springs. Ended up in Vail.
1: <laughs> hey, again,
0: directionally so- Correct. So the last question I have for you is that you have experienced coaching throughout your career. Part of that was with me. Part of that is with other coaches. How has coaching helped you in your career? It is really hard for me to turn it off.
1: Whatever it is. In customer facing roles, I needed to answer that last email. You know, in this role, I've got one more conference call. I've got one more young person. I'm going to hop on the phone with. You hear the phrase a lot that says, you know, we need to, this isn't curing, what do they say? This isn't, work isn't, we're not curing cancer, right? We're not saving lives at work. And that's true. It's really true, especially, I I mean, I'm not, I'm not curing cancer. I'm not saving lives, but working in corporate social responsibility, I am so much closer to the things that are so hard to turn off yeah. and yeah you are it is it is being inundated with hearing and learning about violence and poverty and you know inequitable access to opportunity or education or health care it is things that at the end of the day I am depleted and I um, often I'm more devastated than I am hopeful. And it is only through working with you that I have seen a real change in my ability to take a step back and say, I'm not the only one who can do this and say, yes, it's going to get done, but we're going to prioritize and we're going to focus, we're going to empower others, and we're going to turn it off, and we're going to invest in ourselves so that we can keep investing in the things that really matter. And I think I've always known, I mean, I, I've known that, right? That's not, it's not like a, I don't know, that's not, it, it's a light bulb moment for sure, but it's not, it's something I've always known, I guess, it, and I think that's the cool thing about coaching, right? Coaching helps you solidify what, what's inside of you, what you know to be true, but sometimes it's just hard to unlock. And with, I think it's funny. I think I've, I've shared this analogy with you before, but you make me feel like a snow globe. Like I know all the little, (laughs) oh my gosh. Remember when I shared this with you? I do, I do. all All the little pieces are inside that little glass house but somehow you helped me shake it all up and see things from a different perspective. And I'm every day I'm grateful that I took the leap and said, Nicole, I'm done asking you for, I'm done calling you and complaining about things. I want your help. I really want your help. I trust you. I love you. You know, I am inspired by you. I need your help. And I think that's what I hope for other people. I hope that they understand. It's not that it's not that they necessarily don't have the answers. It's just that sometimes the pieces are in the wrong spot, and they just need somebody to shake it up for them. <laughs> like I said, directionally correct, right? <laughs>
0: uh, I think we just hit Aspen. <laughs> we just went all the way down seventy. Oh, turned my left. Gosh, Wood past the salt. I can, I am just, I am in so much awe of how vulnerable you are right here in this moment. And I'm going to beef that out. I also called you to complain. I called you lost and confused. Moving to the States was so hard. It was so hard. And there were aspects I was not ready for. And when you said, hey, so let's, let's do this coaching thing. I'm sure that's exactly how I said it. Dear listener, I had to ask her twice. And then I believe I sent you a text message that was like, I wasn't trying to sell you coaching. And you were like, no, girl, I want you to have to spend an hour with me every week. Because when I look at you as my colleague and as my friend and as the amazing soul who climbed into my daughter's princess tent (laughs) with heels on, I, I am just so amazed at what you create in the world and who you are. And one of the things that I really want you to hear, and now everyone else is going to hear it too, is no matter where you go, you make it better. And being your coach, massive freaking honor, massive honor. Thank you for trusting me. Oh my God. That is so
1: nice. And also, can I just say, cause you know, I'm going to <laughs> <Uh-oh>. <laughs> that that's also the thing I want everyone else to know about this is that no matter where all of these listeners go, no matter where all of your clients go, they have the power to make it better. They don't have to be in corporate social responsibility. They don't have to make huge budgets, they don't have to be billionaires like Sheryl Sandberg that say, hey, I'm going to leave Meta so I can go work on philanthropy and focus on, on my philanthropic endeavors. Yeah. Every one of us has the power to make it better. And we all do it doing the things that we're really good at. You do it through coaching. And I'm, um, I just I want to keep inspiring people that they can do it too.
0: There is absolutely no better place to end this conversation. You can make it better. Thank you so much. Y'all follow Jen on LinkedIn. You will be amazed at all the opportunities to spend your money with more intention, to attend events, to make the world a better place. It's beautiful. Thank you, Jen. Thank you so much. Thanks for having me. Mm -hmm. Till next week, brave it up. Hey, before you go, our fellow women in tech really need these insights. So do them a favor, pop on over and leave a rating and a review on your favorite podcast platform. Help them find the Celebrate Brave podcast. All right. Thanks a bunch. Until next time, brave it up.